0: Caution, learning in progress. You are listening to the Smarter Every Season podcast, and thank you so much for listening. My name is Tyler Hubert, and with me right now in studio is Paul Harms.
1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whenever you catch us, Whenever and however
0: you may be listening. We thank you. It. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, so, Paul, let's dive in a little bit to what we're going to do today because uh, we've got a few things that we're going to get to. Where I want to start is this. Usually, post spring and post fall, we have the opportunity to talk a little bit with Jason Webster, who is basically runs our PTI farm and commercial lead agronomist for yes. our
1: PTI farm.
0: Thank you. Yes, that was his official title that I was trying to think of. We're not going to get that opportunity this summer. And I do miss talking to Jason.
1: I do too. But late, wet, busy spring, we've got more action packed into the Precision Technology Institute that we're going to have this year. Um, He's busy cranking the wheels on that. And... It's kind of our our opportunity. Instead of pulling more of the tidbits out of him early and bringing him here, uh, we're just going to raise the flag and say, "Hey, signups are the the agenda, and the schedule is out. Um, we have an awesome new agenda or or approach to doing it this year. This year is going to be a little different. We're still going to have you know a farm tour. We're still going to have." Um, agronomy focused sessions but we're also going to bring in a new flavor to it this time we're going to give every attendee the option to kind of choose their own journey through the content so they have the opportunity to cater and customize the content they need or want to learn about and to bring back to their farm they can do that by getting in on the right sessions within that day so that way it kind of more capitalizes on each moment there at the farm farm so that schedule that agenda is now is now set and available and you can register online you can go ahead and get registered to, to visit and we want to encourage everyone especially those who haven't had the opportunity to make it before this is a great opportunity to see uh, new and novel farming practices um, to see how actual on-farm practical use cases and the ROIs that come in and out of them tie together so and and Jason's just a total ball of energy, and it's, yeah. and it's a blast to chase him through the fields.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the other piece of this, too, that I want to mention is we'll still have ride and drive. Mm-hmm. That will still be an opportunity that folks can get out there and, and drive or test drive equipment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we listened to the feedback of those who came through last year, and one of the things that kind of stood out was we really didn't talk at all about yield sense. Yep. And that was one thing that, that folks who did come out and attend PTI last year wanted to hear more of.
1: There was a subset that said, yes, I absolutely want to have a conversation about yield, set and the, yield sense. And there was a subset that said, no, that doesn't interest me, but sprayers do. Or, yeah. you know, So we're going to bring new avenues and aspects in, and you'll see that as you go through the register. Where yeah. do they register again?
0: Yeah, so if you go to precisionplanting.com, uh, you can click the drop down for agronomy. There's three drop downs at the top: agronomy, products, and events. Agronomy leads you to a menu option for uh, the PTI Farm, or I think it's actually Precision Technology Institute. If you go there, or off the home screen, uh, you'll see a button that says like "Go to the PTI Farm." Either one leads you to the same spot where you can see what to expect. Um, understand a little bit more about what the farm tour consists of, um, what different agronomy sessions there will be, just a little bit of kind of what to expect when you do attend. And then you'll also see where you can register. And, and growers can register by themselves, or dealers can register uh, and bring growers out. Uh, but the three weeks that this is going to happen will be uh, starting July 25th, that's a Monday, through Friday the 29th, and that's going to be Monday through Friday. And then Monday, August 8th, through Friday, August 12th. And then you'll also have August 22nd, a Monday through August 26th, a Friday. Each day, you've got two options of when you can register. Um, now, the sessions will be the same within each uh, each of the two timeframes that you can go. But you can do the early start, which is going to run you about, you know, they'll start at 7.30 and run until about 3.30 in the afternoon, roughly. And then you can also do the late start. If you're traveling from a little further distance away, 7.30 doesn't quite work for you. You can do a 9 o'clock start, and typically they wrap up around 5.
1: Yep. Double benefit there of it allows us to, A, get more, more guests through to see it, and it allows us to cater each day to an early riser versus a little later riser. Yep. Yep, exactly. So we would encourage you, please uh, visit the website, get registered so that you can attend. Uh, That is a great opportunity to see how Jason and the team are bringing together the agronomy, the technology, all the equipment. We're going to have all of that on display and an opportunity for you to put hands on it, ask questions, um, dig into the research. And as a prep or a follow-up to that visit, You can also, on that same page, if you scroll down to the bottom, get signed up to become subscribed to the Inside PTI. That would be an awesome opportunity. Uh, That's where Bryce and... Jason and the team will take the opportunity to put together quick snippet videos, they're usually short they're uh, almost always seven, ten minutes or less and they're going to take each one of those plots and trials and try to unpack them and bring more of the the value and the details and the context that are hard to put into a, a plot results book they're going to share the deeper insights that come from actually conducting the trial that you just can't beat when you, unless you're actually sitting there talking to Jason and a lot of times he's the guy on the camera. So that helps.
0: Yeah. Take away there, get signed up to go to the PTI farm. Yep.
1: Sorry. We belabored that a bit. Now the next half of this conversation <laughs> is actually kind of a, a preamble to the rest of this, this episode.
0: That's right. So what I want to kind of highlight here is we're going to talk through a little bit of how the sausage is made on smarter every season. Cause I know that's just what everybody is dying to know. Okay. That's listening. Um, We have a lot of conversations that inspire deeper thought amongst the four of us. And that
1: was always one of the things that we wanted about this podcast was we in product support get tied into so many unique and interesting conversations that we just wanted to share that opportunity of information share out farther than ourselves. Exactly.
0: So, like, if you take a few months ago when we had Ben Schliff on... Mm -hmm that inspired thought into well maybe we should grab some dealers when they're in house for product training and talk about how they handle things like service agreements
1: just pull them get some opinions Ben asked some questions of the group in here and said you know one of the things that he grapples with is hey how do other dealerships handle this i'd be curious can i get better in this way and you know and that that spurred us on to say well hey there's a dealer walking by let's grab him pull him into the podcast room and grab some quick audio and pick his brain and learn.
0: Yeah. So the conversation that we had or what everybody's about to hear actually was taped at the end of last year, I think October of 21. Yep. And the whole reason for the podcast, and I'm I'm going to put words in your mouth a little bit here because the inspiration kind of came to you, Paul, <laughs> but I'm going to spin it back to you and, yep. and give you a chance to comment on it. Last August, episode 29, we had Justin McMenemy on and Justin has kind of an internal phrase um, he talked in this episode about culture but there's an internal phrase that I think came out in that episode about keeping guns pointed down range not down trench yep. and that's become very popular and a mantra here and, and uh, embedded into our culture at precision planning that in the heat of the battle you focus on the problem you keep that gun pointed
1: down downrange. When the bullets are whizzing overhead, it's comforting to know that those bullets aren't coming from down the trench. They're coming from the enemy or the problem or the mission and that you want to make sure that you never turn your rifle down down trench, and keep your focus and energy and effort pushing towards the mission.
0: So that inspired Paul to talk a little bit about a cognitive bias as to why we tend to not do that why we tend to want to point our guns down trench is that fair
1: yes it's it's i mean you know your teammates and you have trust in your teammates but then when the the going gets difficult or things get challenging why is there a natural erosion to that trust what what spurs that what what brings that on why do we as humans begin to lose trust in each other at the time when it's most necessary to have it. And and I'm pointing the picture of a, this is at the, when it's most needed, but it's just in general too, um, you know, strong relationships build strong trust in each other and you want to keep feeding that. And that's one of the things that while we get into very technical conversations, we also get into inventory management conversations. And this is one that's more of a business culture conversation that, you know, We're blessed with the conversations with Justin McMenemy and Justin Kaufman. And these are things we wanted to share out as well. But this one came from inside our group.
0: Yeah. So what you're about to hear is kind of the why behind that. Why do we have a tendency towards wanting to point those guns down trench, not down range. And then we do get a little bit into how can we avoid that? How can we start to foster that relationship so that teammates are pulling on the rope together, not, not against each other.
1: Yeah. And in full disclosure and partial apology, this was a this was a, a an opportunity just like grabbing that dealership to come in and speak about inventory management without a whole lot of preamble and long term prep. Um, I surprised my co-hosts with a Have you got thirty minutes? Come here, sit down. I want to ask you guys some questions. Oh, and I'm going to hit record.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had no idea. We were flying blind.
1: <laughs> but I, but that I wa- made it fun. I wanted unvarnished answers. That's what you got. That's what I got. And now you get to see that and hear, or you get to see that conversation take place and and hear the results of that. So we'll go ahead and roll right into that right now. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Every Season. This is Paul Harms saying hello for Tyler Hubert, Hans Stutzman, and Nolan Kitterman. We got the full gang in house today, and I want to go somewhere a little different today. My three co hosts have no idea the direction. I've I've asked them in here blind, and we're going to have just a fun conversation. So, what do you guys know about razors?
2: Razors. Razors. Okay, now.
1: Well, if you look (laughs) around
3: the table here, all of our faces, I I think. Since not one of of us is clean (laughs) shaven.
1: So, let me put one word in front of that Occam's. Occam's razor. Does that ring a bell? Do we know what a razor is then?
0: No, but I'm glad you clarified it (laughs) because I am of the generation that a lot of folks my age, kids my age, their first phone was a razor. So (laughs) I, I love how all of our minds went to, oh yeah, we should all probably know a little bit more about razors. None of us are clean shaven, but there are more than just one
1: razor. You're thinking of the flip phone and
2: yeah, yeah. Was, oh, listen, the color my, you
3: had was the bright pink one, right? That's that my sister, uh, yeah. But exactly. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, my first question was going to be to clarify because I was kind of concerned about what razor he's referencing. Is so he talking about straight yeah. razor? You talking about an electrical razor, or even the phone razor? I w- actually did enter my mind about the phone razor because I still remember that razor.
0: So that's funny. We that all was, knew there were different types of razors, yet all went to the blade that the, that, that we, we don't struggle to drag across <laughs> our face. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Occam's razor, right? Now, actually, I don't, wanna, I don't know if I want to take this back to the point because I actually like the conversation where we're going here.
1: Ah, uh, but we're not going down H-
2: Occam's razor. You're not going down. That's Occam's the
1: most commonly known one. And if I, if I say H- Occam's uh, razor, everybody kind of jumps to an assumption of what that means, right? So a razor, when it comes to a philosophical approach or a phys- philosophical definition is a principle or a rule of thumb that allows one to eliminate or shave off unlikely explanations for a phenomenon. Otherwise, avoid unnecessary actions, right? So we're just removing the stubble. We're cleaning off, right? That's what a mental razor is. All right, so has anyone heard of Hanlon's razor?
3: That's a no there, Bob. Yeah. I'm just going to cut to the
0: chase and say that there's razors that you shave with, there's phones— and that's it. <laughs> so that's, we've reached the end of my <laughs> R- mental R- capacity on razors.
2: You've mentioned the three that I'm aware of, Occam's razors, physical razors, and the phone. All so. Right, so Hanlon's <laughs> razor is
1: much more fun, and I'm sure uh, you guys have maybe heard it through other ways, but Hanlon's razor is never a tribute to malice, that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. <laughs>
2: Interesting. I kind of like that one.
3: <laughs> so that's 98% of the world population. I don't know. <laughs> so,
1: but, okay, so that attribute, that, that, that comment of Nolan's right there is exactly where I want to go with this because we're all laughing. We're having a good time, right? And I could see the smirk before it came. But I, what got me thinking down this line is the conversation, and I've brought this up with you guys a few other times, this conversation that we had with McMenemy, right? And he always uses the comment, keep the guns pointed downrange, not down trench. So how how do you guys interpret that or understand that to me?
2: I mean, there's a lot of ways you can interpret it. And I think kind of the when you first think of, you're referencing McMinnemy's comment. Mm-hmm. It's more like the context of your, your friend is not your enemy. Your coworker is not your enemy. There's something outside that you're pointing at. So be careful where you're, don't look to your side.
1: Yeah, the way I phrase it to my wife was, Keep your focus on the mission and don't expend energy undercutting your teammates. And I, th- I kind of think from conversations we've had with McMenemy, that's along the lines
2: of, his, of the heart behind his commentary there, right? Yeah, and I think it goes with that. I don't know if this is going deeper than what you want, but there's an underlying amount of trust that that goes with it. Because if you are trusting your teammates, you're not looking at your teammates to start firing crosswise.
1: Where does the trust, what does the trust allow you to do that you wouldn't do it otherwise? Why does the trust have to
2: be there? Because if you don't trust the person next to you, then you are looking at maybe you need to fire to the side of you. Okay. Whereas if you are trusting the person, you're not concerned about what they're doing in the context of are they attacking me? You're assuming they're pointing their gun downfield as well.
1: And maybe because of Hanlon's razor, they made a stupid error or they, they made a human. They're human and made a mistake,
2: right? Right. They're not maliciously trying to shoot at me. They just inherently shot. Right. Yeah. They just misaimed our gun.
1: Yeah. Need to recite, need to aim in a little bit more. So, where I was going with that is I actually did some more homework on where that trust basis has to happen, where that comes from. It's actually a a function or one of the cognitive biases. What do you guys know about cognitive biases?
2: We all have one? (laughs) Yes. That's true. This is true.
1: Would it help if I gave you the Wikipedia definition of a cognitive bias?
0: You're going to do it anyway, so just go (laughs) ahead. You and Wikipedia. You and Wikipedia is an amazing thing, right, Paul? (laughs) Can I please
3: have that used in a sentence? (laughs) or Origin, please?
1: All right, so the Wikipedia definition is, it's a systemic pattern of deviation from the norm or rationality in judgment. So an individually individuals create their own subjective reality from their perception. What it is, cognitive bias, the, the psychological study of cogniz- cognitive biases is trying to interpret or understand why people make dumb decisions or illogical or irrational decisions. Okay, that's the whole mindset around cognitive biases this was actually started by two psychologists research psychologists Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman Kahneman I don't, I'm don't, i horrible at names now Kahneman for any of the book fanatics because I'm one he has an amazing book out that came uh, about three four years ago it's called thinking fast and slow it's a really good book and it's about how mental our, our minds process information so it's a really good book if you get a chance, read that one. All right, so what a, a simple description that they used to, to define cognitive bias was, it was a limitation in objective thinking that's caused by the tendency for the human brain to perceive information through the filter of personal experience.
2: So clarify that, that you're basically saying that I can't humanly comprehend what I'm doing because of my limited experience with, with the facts that I'm working with?
1: No. Uh, well, maybe. The way I interpreted it is I'm going to s- interpret the world or how the world comes to me in my brain is filtered or is a function of my lived experience. And you will never have the same experience of life experience that I do. So the same event occurring to the four of us around this table will all be perceived slightly differently because we're all going to interpret that input through our own life experience filters. And that is the basis for where these cognitive biases come in because the brain's doing a lot of background, doing a lot of thinking, and it's trying to interpret a massive amount of input from the world all happening around us at one time, right? To get through that large amount of data, everything you see, everything you hear, everything you think about, to get through that, the brain applies heuristics. A heuristic is simply a strategy used to quickly form judgment, make decision, and find solutions to complex problems. It's a rule of thumb, right? So your your brain is trying to not not have to think about. There's a light switch. I need to make the switch go up to turn the lights on, or right. You just flick the switch. So your brain's going through all this, processing all this information. And to do that, it does a lot of heuristics, lots of rules of thumb. How does it do that when Tyler has to ask Hans, hey, I need help. I need you to help me work late. It's Saturday. It's, we need Saturday hours. you got to come and help me. No background. What's your, what's your impression? Do you have a, a heuristic? What's your, where did, what's your emotion that comes out of that?
2: generally, oh, it's a question of why. What's okay. the requirement for that I need to be there for?
1: All right, but you give him the benefit of the doubt based on that trust—that if he's asking, there's a reason why, right? Yeah, because you've got some some solid basis, right? You've got some relationship there. What about if you don't? Does that change the emotion?
2: Depend on why. It still depend on why he's asking. I still have a feeling <laughs> that's going to be causing issues. So even if he, he, he to me, even if he is it would it would be less likely for me to come help him if i don't know why he if i don't know him
1: okay and that follows in with where i, th- I really think justin McMenemy's keep the guns pointed down range versus down trench really helps guard against one of the key cognitive biases which is the fundamental attribution fundamental attribution error psychologists do not make their terms easy to consistently repeat,
3: <laughs> that's because they don't actually
1: understand him, so it's okay. <laughs> it, it is a, so. In a, it is fairly a young science. Cognitive biases, really, um, and it's and it's a fluid science because it's psychology, and we're all in our own heads and never in anyone else's head. So I get that it's it's a soft, weird, crazy thing to try and understand. And they're trying to lay science against it, and I and I love that approach of trying to learn. But this fundamental attribution error says. Um, I'm not reading that. I'm going to read the... St- here, it's best described by a Stephen Covey quote. We judge ourselves by our own intentions, and we judge others by their behavior. So the analogy I have is, you're driving on an interstate, and someone swerves in, takes your spot in the lane, and then drives off really fast and cuts a couple of people off. What's your automatic assumption of that person? Guy's a jerk. Guy's a jerk right? What if his wife is in the front seat having a baby?
0: Well, now he's just a jerk with a pregnant wife.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no.
0: I, I, so I feel a little bit like as we're having this conversation, like the three of us are all just like intently looking at you, Paul, like yes, and where are you going? <laughs> uh, yes, yes.
1: No, no hard destination. I just want to have this conversation.
0: So um, that, that certainly changes things, right? So everybody in this room is a father. Yeah. Uh, and as I look around multiple times over and more than myself. So, like, we can all empathize with, like, I, I always felt like, and I joked with my wife, that my job is, I got to get you to the hospital. <laughs> like, after that, like, <laughs> you're in the hands of medical professionals. Yep. Like, I, I, this the, is the I, blackjack just, deal I need to be out away. of the way. I need to be out of the way at that point, yeah. So, to answer your question, I think we all, I think empathy or empathize with that, right? As, like, like, if if we knew that, when that person cuts us off, we probably slow down and let that guy in, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost kind of like the other extreme.
1: You clear the way, right? Absolutely. So why, if you know more about it, do you make allowances than if you don't? If it was just a car that cut you off. Why the automatic or immediate assumption that that person is a jerk? He, she, they are a bad person. Have you ever had to cut somebody off? Probably. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have. I'm I'm not a great driver. So are we jerks? I think that's a
0: separate <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: No, not. we're not.
3: <laughs> we're all good
1: people. <laughs> Maybe I am for putting you three through this without any heads up. Um,
3: Depends on the situation of why I had to cut them off again.
1: But you're using the background of... You're judging yourself based off of your intentions Mm -hmm. or the circumstances around you is how you judge yourself, not how we judged them. They were judged off of, and who they are was judged off of, an action, right? And I think that really comes back down to Hanlon's razor. How often is Hanlon's razor not stupidity, but it's some other person purpose. It's not malice. That misdeed wasn't intentional. The guns weren't pointed down trench. But we don't give them the benefit of the doubt of the circumstance the way we give ourselves the benefit of the
3: doubt through our intentions.
1: Am I wrong in that?
3: But I just have to say, going back to keep the guns pointed downrange and not down trench, when you think about the war aspect of that, or in the trench, you're basically the person that's on your left and that's on your right are people that are keeping you alive too. So you have some type of relationship bias with them. Like we would have a relationship bias with ourselves here. So we're not going to often when it comes down to pointing the guns, it's going to be down range and not down, down trench. Whereas the driver that just cuts you off, you have no relationship bias with them. So you can basically say that guy's a jerk. Yep.
1: We don't have any ties to them that don't force us to slow down exactly. and reassess the situation, the circumstance, and evaluate the circumstance and the intentions, not solely on an action on who they are, what they are. I think that that slowing down our, our thinking, like you commented, if somebody asked me or, or there's, a, there's a challenge, I'm going to stop and I'm going to say, okay. What's what's the background reason, right? You're going to build off that relationship. In those situations where you don't have that prescribed relationship, which I can think of all of us having multiple situations with this every season as you work with a customer or a dealer or somebody doing some product testing for something along those lines, you may not have that built relationship. Maybe a new employee coming on. We don't have that relationship bias, but... We, or my, I guess where I'm going with this is my encouragement in those situations where it's easy for the heuristic, it's easy for the mental rule of thumb to jump to circumstance jerk, to slow that down and say, hmm, what circumstances has, is he in? What life experience is he in? How is he viewing this same situation? Right? Is it just stupidity and not in malicious stupidity? Maybe it's just not knowing any better. So I've (coughs) stalled (laughs) the room. I think this is the first time the four of us have sat in this room like this with the mic on, and there's been silence for that long. I must have either... I'm trying
3: trying to remember there was a book that I read and I don't remember what the book is or anything like that. But basically I remember what the context of the story is. And it was a CEO that decided to change his entire business because he started stepping in the box with other people instead of thinking outside the box, if that makes any sense. So it's that kind of thing of taking the time of this person that's in front of you, try taking the time. If something happens and stepping into their box to figure out why they're trying to step outside of your box or other people's boxes. Mm-hmm. I know that's all confusing and stuff like that, but basically it's sort of that same type of concept as like you don't know where they're sitting at with their own mindset of that particular moment. And instead of going off and using our own mental biases, uh, and calling that person a jerk because something happened that it affected you or affected somebody around you, uh, instead of taking the time to call them a jerk, is taking the moment there, like you said, and stepping into their box, and maybe even that goes and actually talking to them a little bit to find out what that box is. But just taking that moment of time could change your whole perception of that time that happened with them.
1: I immediately take yours, your, your CEO analogy. And the the thing, as you're describing that, the piece that ta- popped into my brain was walk a mile in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Walk a mile in his moccasins and see how you you think and you feel after that. It's that shared life experience. Yeah. Now you have a, a bit of the same filter.
0: So what I've generally found, too, and I'm thinking through this, I, I think maybe in a way like the silver bullet to this is a, a little bit is context. Like that's the word that keeps coming back to my mind. So like. There have been instances, I'll completely and openly admit, where you want to point that gun down trench. (laughs) Right? Like, this happened. I'm not sure why it was done this way. Someone else made this decision, and now I'm having to work through it.
1: Especially if you disagree with the decision. Correct. Most importantly, when you disagree with that decision. 100%. Yes. And a lot of times... That's not saying positive or negative, right or wrong on that decision. It may have been the right answer from a larger perspective.
0: So this is where, and I think it's a kudos to Justin too, because everybody at Precision, at least I have found thus far in in my working relationship, is very approachable. And so what I have found works best for me in those instances is to go to that person and ask. And it's to check yourself and make sure that you're not coming with heat, but, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me understand how we arrived at this decision? We arrived at this decision. We're in this together. And what I've generally found is anytime you let a person share their heart or share their reasoning on a decision, that actually takes the whole relationship in a 180. I went from being frustrated in your direction to, like, when I see your heart, when I see where your mind was on this, I understand where you were trying to get to, and now we are pulling on this rope together.
1: There's a great Abraham Lincoln quote that matches that. Abraham Lincoln has this.
0: You can't trust everything you read on the internet. No,
1: no, but close. <laughs> okay. It was an adage of his, and I don't remember who took, took it down. I think it was in Doris Kearns' Team of Rivals. Uh, she has a note on this where he, he effectively took the mindset of, I hate that man. I must get to know him better. He knew he did not know enough about person. A. I think it was actually Seward who ended up being his secretary of state, secretary of defense, either way, um, who he had beaten for president in the, in the democratic up. He had, he had outperformed him and got the nomination. And at the time really disliked him, knew that that dislike was because he didn't understand him. Didn't know what made him tick and, and, un- wouldn't allow himself to continue with that dislike until he knew more about why. I wasn't saying that dislike was wrong for all time, but he wasn't willing to take it at face value. I'm gonna dig deeper and confirm or correct.
2: So looking at it from the conversation where we're going, and I think you're right, Tyler, and that's the conversation of we made this decision, the challenge with it I think, and it's the the conversation, it's not that you're saying that this is the right that was the right thing to do, but it's the conversation that we're together trying to figure out where it's at. And I think what, what people tend to, why, why there's some of the cognitive bias or why there's such a, a discontent to want to join in and put yourself alongside with it is that you struggle to coming across and saying, we are a part, we did this together, tends to want to wash over top of the problem rather than trying to say, this needs to be fixed, And so understanding where they're coming from helps understand the person. It doesn't change the fact that there is a problem that still needs to be addressed. One side or the other, they're still dealing with an issue that of some kind of, there is an issue that you're dealing with. One way or another, it needs to be addressed in, in some format or fashion. But, and so, and sometimes it may be a decision of, it's a, yes, this was the decision going forward. We made this from...
3: For Whatever long view, term, yeah. yeah,
2: with a bigger view than where this is at, it still has an issue that it, it's not just a we're washing we're we're letting it go. You're not trying to minimize the issue itself.
1: But what he said about what Taylor spoke about the go have a conversation is breathing into that,
2: right? And I'm not yeah, it's, it's coming it's it's bringing in the conversation. I'm just saying that it's it's one of the challenges that people kind of shy away from that conversation is because gotcha. they don't want to just minimize. It's not a, well, we're on the same team, so it's okay, we'll just go on. We'll just let it go. It, there's an issue that's got to be addressed one way or another, and that's a conversation that's of an issue of my understanding of what's going on, of why the decision was made, or there's a problem that needs to be addressed that needs to be changed. It's a, it's, it's the, you're joining forces, but a lot of time people feel like they're joining forces to push it underneath the rug and let it go.
1: Ah, uh, I actually this conversation, i now turned this around. I've always put myself in the brain of the driver that got cut off. And the way you're describing this is making me think on both sides of this. Now the guy who had to cut someone off thinking, yes, I know, I'm sorry. Or I, I, I'm going to have this decision come down. I need to make sure to avoid those biases, that gun getting turned from down field to down trench. I need to go have a conversation ahead of time to prime the pump on this, to strengthen that relationship before this occurs. Right. So it could be
2: when to be be proactive as
1: well as when to give grace.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And giving grace, I think the key thing to remember is giving grace doesn't mean that there is no issue that needs to be addressed. Correct. And I think that's where people get hung up on it as well is that they think that giving grace of understanding means that the issue isn't important.
1: No, no, no. It just strengthens a relationship so now both parties can work together on it right yeah agreed i think that's the perfect way to end this no one agreed <laughs> <laughs> so with that i want to thank you for a, a slightly different conversation than normal we enjoyed it very much mm-hmm. and uh, these are some of the weird things that happen around here that we like to share as we continue to get a little smarter every season